You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I are back with Season 2, Episode 2. Bringing you a little joy to the World Junior Championships 2021, starting Christmas Day. Andy, it's now, we are in the month of the World Juniors. There's hockey on the horizon. How's everything going? It's going all right. Uh, On our last podcast, we spoke about the holdup with announcing the next NHL season. And obviously, in the back of my mind, I've known that even if January 1st, which now seems very unlikely... Uh, I'd at least have the World Juniors coming. So that I this time of year, I'm in the World Juniors mood. I perhaps I dare say I probably pay a clo- little bit closer attention to the World Juniors than I do the regular NHL season because it's still December and you know things don't really get serious until after the new year. Uh, you know, I, my interest is really there when the season traditionally starts in in early October, and then uh, yeah, kind of around Christmas times, it just seems like those are the player's interest wanes a little bit. So, but then world juniors is there. So I love it. You know, like you said, perfect uh, compliment to Christmas time. Uh, obviously like everything else, it's a little bit different this year, but they have a bubble and knowing that the NHL bubble went out with, went out without a hitch that uh, I'm, yeah, I'm hopeful that I'll get to watch hockey unimpeded. Yeah, no, I, and there was a little hiccup. I think uh, team Canada uh, had a little, a little bit of an outbreak. They're on a two week quarantine status right now. Uh, is there any update yeah, I, with that? Uh, no, I think so. I forget which day they went in. I think they should at least be close to... I think they might have another four or five days, but I think they've already quarantined for over a week. Um, yeah, a little bit of a hiccup, like you said, uh, They because a lot of them are kids. They didn't release who it was. And, you know, it would also feel scummy if you did that. It's not like you're an NHL player. But, um, yeah, I think... W- so they're still quarantining, which stinks because they were having scrimmages, uh, which were being streamed, which was great to watch to see just to, you know, egg to get to watch hockey. But, um, yeah, so they're finishing, uh, you know, uh, team USA, they've, they already had a mini camp sometime, I think it was like a month ago or so now they have, they just kind of named their preliminary roster, which I assume will still eventually get whittled down too. But, um, yeah, it's like every that's starting to gear up, so I'm getting excited for that. Uh, but yeah, nothing until 
with I don't know how uh, Canada going into quarantine is going to affect if we're not going to be able to, you know, see any more scrimmages or if what the exhibition schedule is. I don't have that information yet. It might be out there. I just haven't seen it, but uh, still excited. And obviously with the Rangers, the last few seasons with them uh, rebuilding and stockpiling their prospect pipeline, they've really have had more of a presence at these tournaments the last few years. So, um, yeah, just I'm sure we'll get sweeter. into it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And just and... yeah, because yeah, it makes you know the you know it makes like the random games that you're watching, knowing that there's a prospect, you know, you start really pulling for for those teams, and it just makes the whole tournament a lot more fun to watch. And uh, not to go well to go back to the NHL kind of being, I'd say, uh, not locked out, but it seems like that's the road that they're heading down. Uh, I saw that. A few tweets that the NHL isn't allowed to technically lock down, so there would be there has to be a season, right? Well, yeah. So you have, you know, it was being floated to the media by some of the owners, and I think the NHL, the league, you know, uh, shadow figures in the league, that they could somehow invoke like a force majeure to, to because of like COVID as a as a circumstances is not like is an unfortunate foreseen catastrophic circumstance that they could use but then alan walsh who we all know for the uh you know uh, player agent extraordinaire who we've known for uh taking the mark andre flurry with the sword through him with the with whoever it was DeBoer's name on it uh he tweeted out his uh i guess his uh counter to that and that the league couldn't do that and that uh you know the more i've dug into this since our last episode I really do think that Gary Bettman and I won't come to his, his defense often. I do think he's in a rock and a hard place. Cause I think he knows that they need to burn this year off for the TV contract renegotiate, because if they, do, if it gets pushed for whatever reason next season, they're going to, I think their contract would lapse at the same time as the NA, uh, the NFL. And I think a few other leagues, I'm not sure. So you don't want to, you don't want them in, in, in the in the market for no. a new contract. Exactly. If you want to get you know maximum money on your return. And yeah, I just think that another issue is apparently an added. I don't want to say an added wrinkle, but a part of it is that because it is, you know, escrow, it's the belief is that obviously the players will get their money. It's just about when and how far down the road. And I think there's a, a an element to it. If, if anything, the players could get get their money sooner rather than later, but end up owing the owing the owners more money than they would be comfortable with down the road. So it's almost like there's an element of Gary seeing like I seeing a problem like the players are going to be down the road. They're going to owe the leak back, you know, some uh, more than anticipated. And that's going to cause strife down the road. So there's an element of that. But it it sounds like both sides are talking again. That's still an issue, but they've been floating schedules. Uh, we've heard they've been floating a what was it a uh, 46 game season or something like that uh start which would start January 15th with training camps opening on the 1st so 2 weeks of training camp uh play, you know uh get, um Brian Burke was on uh SportsNet and NTSN and a few others and he was saying that the players really don't want to give up their christmases with their families and that's a hard you know that's that was what was the one thing that would make that January 1st always kind of seemed like a pipe dream because they're right. going to stay for Christmas. And then if you're going to travel, especially if you're, you know, live in the States or playing a Canadian team, you still have to then quarantine for two weeks. So that was making January 1st, no matter what. And they refused to give it up. But if, listen, if, if, the, if it starts January 15th, you have Christmas with your families and then you travel to your respective cities, you do what you have to do, you know, different places have different 
you know, I think in, in, in Canada, especially in like British Columbia, they moved it from, from like, uh, 10 days to like seven days or something like that. So instead of a full two weeks where other places that are really bad. So yeah, it's just, it, it gives everyone enough time, especially it sounds like things are cooling down a little bit. I do still, I, I think there will definitely be a season. I think it does start. It will start January 15th. They do have to figure out, you know, if I'm the players, I think it's just about they have to get something for this. You know, even if they're going to I think eventually they do will agree to that uh, increased cap on the or, you know, the, the the escrow cap. But I do think they should use this as bargaining power while they have it to get something else that they need. And I don't know what that would be uh, particularly, but I think this is they've never had this much leverage in their life. And they are they always lose. They lose every labor negotiation with Gary. And this is the first time they've had leverage and they'd be really stupid not to use it, because if the revolts were reversed, the league would absolutely hammer the players right now. Yeah. And the players and, would just take it. So. Right. And and to be honest, there really isn't that big of a difference between a January 1st and a January 15th start date. I mean, unless you're really cutting uh, a ton of games off the season. So you said 46 game season. Uh, I think I there was being floated. I could probably find the, the tweet. Is there, I forget. Is there expanded I, playoffs? That, it's not mentioned yet. Gary Bettman has been on record saying he hates expanded playoffs like but well, here's you know, the thing it generates more tv and more revenue if you yeah i never more. understood that because i think he was on a panel with adam silver and adam silver you know from the nba was like oh we, you know uh we you know we think it's great like we would we definitely you know and but gary has been you know he's a little bit more old school and i you know it's for better or for worse i mean you know there's some people that think that it's time the nhl has like uh ads on jerseys and some people let's think it's sacrilege and gary has you know always been like well if we're gonna have expanded playoffs and if we're gonna have like ads on jerseys like these things like really need to be worth our while it has to be like an eye-popping attention you know or just at least the money has to be good enough to warrant like putting a logo on a jersey or you know even the revenue to like he he does he has a little bit of old school sanctity of the game in him so yeah, but well, I, I'm not I agree. permanently expand the playoffs forever. Oh, just, just for this, like, yeah, but I mean, this season is a you know a little bit special, and if, if teams are coming back, you want that 46 games to be as meaningful as possible for everyone. And if you can get the bottom teams fighting for a playoff spot towards the end, it just will drive ratings, and the expanded playoffs yeah. will just drive more ad dollars. Yeah. Ultimately, at the I, end is what you're I was off for. by. Yeah, I was off by by ten. It it was fifty. See, it was like fifty-two to fifty-six game season. Okay, they're looking at apparently. Yeah, which, sorry, that was my, my yeah, which makes sense because I just starting... you know. No, go ahead. Yeah, is that they have no because they have the Summer Olympics. They have to make sure they can get the uh, the playoffs completed by because NBC will you know pull all their resources basically. So yeah, and you know. And truthfully, you don't need that. You don't need a full 82 games like that would just be insane to try to pull off when you're starting in January, especially if you're going to want to get the following season on track to start in the in the fall. And, you know, and and hopefully things are a lot better then. So it'll be a lot smoother and, and, you know, it'll just be a a better environment to be, you know, working in. So uh, if you want next season to start in the fall, you got to shorten the season, expand the playoffs, make it a little bit more fun. And uh, yeah, it, it just it just makes it a lot more interesting when everyone has a shot at the playoffs this year and uh, you know, everyone's playing meaningful hockey because ultimately that's what you want out of the season anyway. No, you're absolutely right. And to your point, I think uh, Gary 
and you know most of the people at the at the league understand that with between renegotiating their the US TV deal getting starting next season on time is going to be important especially to get for these owners to recoup some money you know especially with that new TV deal in place and just the the more you say all right well we're going to go shorten this but we don't want to go so then we're going to shorten next season a little bit like you know yes this like this season you need to get it just needs to go happen in whatever capacity it does and yes it might sting but if you can i think right now at least saying that being able to have people in in the stands next october is not an unreasonable ask you know even if there's some places that aren't 100 percent there yet and there's different uh i think obviously people will be able to be there in some capacity and if not things have gone horribly wrong we have bigger problems (laughs) you know right i mean i I know specifically yeah, I know uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Fauci said uh, was asked about the NFL season and fans possibly being in the stadiums next fall. And he said, like, yeah, I mean, that's like definitely a, a realistic goal and not not crazy at all. And like he would bet money that there would be fans back in the seats. So I would imagine the NFL is going to drive the fan situation first. Like you'll see because they play mostly outdoors. So those situations will be, you know, uh, will kind of lead then to the indoor indoor facilities such as basketball and hockey. Um, if that makes any sense. So um, you'll see NFL first and then I think the other sports will follow suit. Yeah, exactly. So and you'd have to imagine that if enough people can as this uh, vaccine rolls out in the next six months, the more people that take it earlier, the better uh, herd immunity could take could potentially help take over some at some point in the tail end of that six month window. Uh, but yeah, it's like you said, it's going to be dictated by uh, the NFL and then probably to the lesser extent, the, uh, the NBA, just cause they seem to always, you know, I, I, again, I give the NHL full, full marks for completing their season, you know, and, and the NBA for, especially with no positives, but uh, yeah, I think going forward, especially with this last little wrinkle, it's there. They're, it's, it's become too much. This whole situation has become too big for them to, to dictate. So I think they're just going to, they're comfortable with the fact that they pulled that off. And now I think they're going to let uh, medical science and things that just dictate everything else from here on out, instead of sticking their neck out, especially with how ca- caustic and tenuous situations have been, you know, with this negotiation, you know? Yeah. And also, also it's a bad look kind of, don't you think it's a bad look for the NHL considering that the NBA seemed to have no problem uh, you know, there was a little hiccup maybe with LeBron James saying he didn't like when the NBA was starting, but ultimately yeah. they got the job done. They're going to start. They seem to have it down and ready to go. Uh, and, and they're starting Christmas Day. As well. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think so. It's around then. I saw the Knicks yeah. posted their schedule the other night, but I yeah, I assume it's around. I th- it was like I thought I thought I saw like a game on um it was, I forget what day it was, but yeah, I, I assume it's starting around Christmas time, probably around the, the sometime around the 20th, um, towards the end of the month. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the NBA is a league that smartly understands like, yes, if we cater to our players, like in the long term, it is better for the overall growth and revenue of being, yeah. you know, you keep your players happy. And that's the other thing is that every time there's a, there's an all-star game, you have NBA players that didn't even make it or like, oh, I want to go sit in the stands or I want to go to the dunk contest. And like 
you, you know, I just want to go be there. I want to be have my face on TV. Meanwhile, like guys are trying to in the NHL are trying to concoct like fake injuries so they don't have to go to the All Star game. It's like, oh, I pulled my groin playing with my kid. I can't go to the All Star game because, like, you know, the league the league is never catered to them ever, and it's made that readily apparent. So they're like, yeah, why am I going to go out on a limb and like, you know, try to yeah, it just. I think the league needs to understand that or the owners, maybe I shouldn't say the league so much. I think they do understand it, but the owners need to understand that if they, they like, they seem to like the system where the players have bought into this whole, like we over I thing, you know, the name on the, the front's more important than the name of the back. Like I get it, but at the same time, you know, they, the players buy into this, but then when it comes time for, they get hammered in every CBA negotiation and they're always, you know, arguing for the people at the top of the, you know, they're, every negotiation is geared towards the guy who already got his money and never like the, you know, the journeyman on those entry level contracts who are, who are pissed to make up most of the voting power. So yeah, again, that's a whole other podcast, but right. Yeah, no, think, absolutely. It, it, yeah. And, and, and yeah, sorry. And, to say. No, no, no. And I was just going to, you know, start to transition over to the world juniors. I mean, you look at, look at the NHL, they pretty much have to have a season. I'm not too worried about it. I knew it wasn't going to be January 1st. I called it out last podcast and i said there's no way january 1st is gonna happen uh it's too it's too quick it's already december uh and you know at the same time too it's like there is no reason to rush these things like let it happen it's gonna happen i'm thinking you know late january early february you'll start hopefully it's january 15th i'm still pessimistic that, that it's not gonna happen on January 15th, but you know, we'll see. I do think though, now that the transition here, that's a good thing that the Rangers are keeping their, their young baby stars uh, on the New York Rangers roster under the New York Rangers uh, wing and bubble and allowing them to, you know, basically get experience playing with the big boys and not going to play in the world junior championships though, which would be exciting to watch them. I think ultimately down the road, it's a very good thing that they're not going. Yeah, I mean, it so it comes out in the last, I think it was sometime middle of last week that, you know, it's announced that Kako is not going for uh, Finland. Makes total sense to me because he won, he wins goal at the tournament, uh, wasn't the MVP, but he still had like five points. So he still had a good showing. He's already then he skipped. The, that was uh, two seasons ago because then he didn't go to the last World Juniors because he played in the World Championships and he won gold there and he was arguably team finland's best player so and then he he's already played a full nhl season so unlike a maybe a kirby doc who although was was doc was on the or was doc hurt last year for team canada i can't remember Uh, i might have been hurt i don't really remember him but i also um especially with kako you know to not, not to go back and start changing the subject back to Kako, but yeah. um, with Kako and the New York Rangers, I, I really think like he's a bona fide NHL player now, and he's going to be looked to be playing a, t- a top six position for the New York Rangers. You know, this is kind of beneath him to play at the World Juniors. I, I thought the only the only per, uh, player in question was uh, Lafreniere, and even him, I feel like, is there anything to prove? And you had a really good tweet, uh, you know, uh, discussing, you know, uh, Lafreniere's uh, eligibility and whether it's smart for him to go. And is it worth it? Like, what are they actually going to get out of it besides repetitions? And I repetitions are important. Don't get me wrong. And I've said this that, you know, even if they did went, there's a lot to benefit from that. But ultimately, 
Is there any benefit of them going in terms of individual success? No, I mean, and I don't think so. I mean, right now he's in Westchester. He's in New York. He's training with Keandre Miller and a few other guys or Rangers who have gotten there to uh, town early. Uh, I'm sure he's Chris Kreider's on the ice with them. Like he's got his eye set. Like I said, he uh, in the tweet, I tweeted out that like as disappointing as it's that we don't get to watch, you know, Lafreniere dummy uh, yet another junior tournament tournament. You know, that was a mic drop from him. He wins tournament MVP. He gets hurt, which is obviously concerned going into his first NHL season, still comes back and still like, you know, leads the way to gold for Team Canada. He was it just he doesn't have anything else to prove there, just like Kako. So, you know, what's best case scenario is he he maybe gets his help. It helps him get his legs under him, potentially right. playing against, you know, but worst case scenario, he either a gets hurt. B, he doesn't take it too seriously and maybe he for whatever reason, doesn't struggle, just doesn't, the points don't flow. And now maybe it makes him, there are some chatter around like, oh, well, he didn't really, you know, he wasn't really dominant. Like, is he ready for his first NHL season? Then he has to right. contend with that type of mental. Especially with you know, New York media, you know, it's a little. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's unacceptable, you know, and, and yeah, so that's worst case scenario. So I like the fact that, you know, he's got his literally he's hundred percent focused on his next goal, which is stepping into the national hockey league. He's never no other. Uh, I think the only I'm trying to think of Ovechkin was like one of the only first overalls and you know, Yakupov to, but they had lockouts, which I think was the only reason they, they were even playing in the world juniors, the, you know, in their D uh, after getting drafted first overall, like, yeah, it's just, you know, he's clearly ready for the NHL. Uh, so right. I just, it's what, yeah, just set your eyes on the future. Just forget about that. Doc is probably now what we know that, like he's practicing with them, he'll probably end up getting recalled. He might not even see the ice. We don't know. He might, he might, or if he might play the first couple of games, but once training camp starts, he's probably gone. Like, you know, so it just does. Yeah. It's just too much to lose too much to risk. Um, and, and there's nothing really. So even if, you know, Lafreniere goes and he dominates, it's expected. So there's not going to be that. There's not going to be as much hype, you know, if he, you know, puts up 15, 20 points, even, you know, in in seven was it seven games? I think total that you, that you yeah. play. So yeah, and he had what he played five games. He missed two games last year, and I think he had ten points, which is I think he had the highest point per game average there. So it's just he's already been there, done that. Now he has to dominate. The pressure is all on him to dominate. And again, he's going to get crushed by New York Ranger fans, the New York Rangers media. There's going to be question marks all over him. He doesn't need to see any of that before he steps on uh, the ice. Uh, even for a training camp with the New York Rangers, they'll have all these questions about him. Uh, I also think it's it's the same thing goes for Kako. I mean, again, there's no reason for him to go other than repetitions. And, you know, I think they'll get that playing, you know, uh, you know, playing with the uh, fellow New York Rangers. No, exactly. And even I go so far even to say Jack Hughes, uh, you know, even Doc, yeah, Jack Hughes and Doc, for that matter, both of them. Like, I guess I can understand th their position with Doc in that he hasn't, you know, I, I mean, both him and Kako were were in the play ins, but um, and then uh, Chicago actually went farther than the Rangers. So he even got a little bit more playing time. Um, but yeah, I, like, I guess I get it. You know, he was in the NHL last season so we didn't play in the world juniors but you know it's not like yeah it's just he had he didn't have that 
that moment that, you know, that dominating moment. So maybe they just thought it'd be a good way for him to shake off rust. You know, he's from Canada. That makes, I think that makes a difference if he was going to be there anyway, they weren't asking him to come from either the U S and be away from his family during COVID or from the European country. So yeah, yeah, it just, yeah, I get it, but he's most likely going to get summoned back the second it's time to report for training camp. And Um, I also don't think there's the pressure uh, under doc. No, you know, if anything, doesn't dominate i don't think people are going to question him because of what he did last season you know yeah. I, I do think there's bigger question marks with with kako if he didn't play as well than and then kirby doc Yo, oh, exactly you know and like like i said doc even though if you look at the stat line for doc kako and hughes uh for the most part it was similar in the regular season you know doc was actually pretty good in the in the postseason, so I'd say he's kind of ahead of the other two by a little bit yeah. right now. But you know, you know, he's had he's the most he's already was physically mature and he's already played the North American game. It didn't have the same, but obviously the Kako we saw in that three game segment looked really yes. good. It's just Very good. the Rangers as a whole struggled mightily. They barely they, how I forget they scored what maybe five goals that in, you know yeah if that. So it's like yeah, so it's. Yeah, that's a, again, that's another podcast. But yeah, listen, it's uh, the good news for of the, these wunderkins not getting invited is that it now it leads time for some of these other guys to step up. You know, they're, they're not going to lose ice time out. Uh, this can maybe so we can. And, you know, the World Juniors does a lot to boost your stock, even though maybe it technically shouldn't if you think about it in terms of just weighing prospects. But um, yeah, now now you look that whoever ends up, you know, if a Connor McMichael or, uh, you know, some of the guys who just got drafted, you know, Cole Perfetti will be there and uh, Connor Zari will be there for Team Canada. And now, if you, especially the U.S. team, some of the guys uh, returning that team, you know, so it's like, yeah, now these guys get to be step up and be the man. And yeah, so which I, it's ultimately I think is a good thing because I don't I think they have more to gain from this tournament than a, a Doc or a Kako or Hughes or a Lafreniere. So which is why I'm excited for the Rangers that did have made these rosters and that are uh, invited to go. All right. So let's get into that because I know you're a huge prospect guy. So ultimately when you see some of the Rangers prospects in this tournament, what are you looking for in terms of uh, their game? What are you looking for in terms of, uh, you know, how they're playing with like, you know, their other teammates that are also, you know, hyped up to be NHL, you know, future NHL stars. So uh, give us like your top three players that you're looking for. And what, what do you expect out of them going into this tournament? So it's funny. I think for each player, I kind of going into this tournament, I kind of, with their performance, I weigh, where they were drafted, what their expectations are, how they've performed as of late. So, for example, Team Canada uh, has 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 the most New York Rangers invited, but you know by a a, a good margin because they have uh, you know Brain Schneider, who we just drafted. Uh, what was that? Nineteenth overall? Yeah, seventeenth overall. Whatever. We just drafted uh, Matthew Robertson, who we drafted in the second round uh, last year, and then. Uh, Dylan Garand, who is a goaltender we drafted this season. So can't, you could argue, starting with Garand, you could argue that goaltending is probably Canada's most nebulous position. It's the only kind of unknown because on paper, the, the forwards and the defense are stacked. They're spoiled for choice. You know, this is and this is excluding, um, you know, Lafreniere not going and maybe Doc getting recalled. You still have Dylan Cousins, who, uh, you know, is probably 
going to break through soon for the Sabres and Connor McMichael. And like I said, Cole Perfetti might end up and guys like Jarvis and Perfetti might play on like lower lines for them. That's how good they are. Um, but so, yeah, so like for Garand, I think there's a chance he can win that starter spot. You know, he's the smallest of the three goalies, but he was excellent um, last year. And I just from the few uh, just from watching the scrimmages, I like they were splitting time, but he looked very sharp. So I think that's a winnable position for him. So I would like to see him okay. maybe try to cement that starting spot for himself. That would be good for me. Uh, Matthew Robertson. I now here's the problem is that they're between Bowen Byram and Jamie Drysdale and even a guy, I'd say a guy like, you know, Schneider, like I feel like Robertson is the one guy who might not see a lot of playing time. If he, you know, doesn't get cut some, once they cut down this roster, Um, if, you know, if he, he he might not make it to the final roster and there's a chance that even if he does, he might only in a, in a, you know, seventh defenseman or extra defenseman type position, because I feel like they're, Canada's kind of spoiled for choice because they have bruisers, you know, or maybe more traditional big uh, shutdown guys like him and Schneider, uh, you know, and, but then they, at the same time, like I said, you have so many smaller skilled guys like Byram and uh, Drysdale that you're trying to take spots from you. And you only technically have six guys on the ice, you know, uh, for a given game. So I expect Schneider to make it. He has a history with team Canada. I think they like the mix he brings and that he's probably the most physical defender they have but he can also skate. I definitely, I know they like that. Um, so yeah, I Schneider, I'm going to be watching pretty intently. And for me, you know, especially at this stage, I want to see him, you know, I would like to see him. I'm going to be focused a little bit more on his over, you know, his two way game. Uh, Cause I already know he's should be, at least physically be able to snuff out uh, chances in his own end and, you know, defend the house and all that. But I do want to see that. I think he's going to, this is the time for him to kind of round out the transition game before he gets to the NHL, you know, cause when it's obviously easy to revert to that and not try to take chances. But I think if, if you want to maximize your potential on taking a player like him, you have to hope that he can, uh, m- kind of much like, uh, you know, a, um, like, uh, Lind- Ryan Lindegren, who we see and we like, Oh, he's actually more mobile than I thought. And he can actually skate it up the ice way if he needs to like those type of things. Those are the things I'm looking for with him. Hello and welcome. My name is Brad Lieb. I am a former professional hockey player and this is the Life After Hockey podcast. This is the place where I'll be interviewing former players and exploring their life after hockey journeys, including their successes, challenges, and the causes that they are passionate about. So please join me on the Hockey Podcast Network every Saturday for new episodes and follow me on Twitter at Brad M. Lieb for all my podcast updates. And until then, keep going and enjoy your life. Yeah, so uh, what kind of player do you want to see uh, Schneider paired up with? You know, if if he's going to be focusing on that two-way game, what kind of defenseman would you like to see him paired up with? And so basically to to really extract the best, you know, uh, branch brandon schneider that you know there is i butchered that whoa yeah so i (laughs) so yeah i'm kind of two minds on that because on the one hand it's like 
yeah, on the one hand, Schneider, I, I said I wanted to maximize that. So you would think traditionally, even though he's mobile guy, you would put him with a guy who is a little bit more, uh, yeah, just a little bit like, even though he's mobile, he's still more of an old school shutdown guy. So you would maybe put him with a Drysdale who's a little bit, who you know, who can skate or uh, even a Bowen Byram. Uh, you know, if especially, you know, Schneider right hand shot playing on the right. Yeah. So you'd probably be with a bow and Byron, but at the same time, it's like, if I'm looking to, I, I think he can skate, you know, he maybe you could argue that he needs to get a little bit more explosive or, you know, his lateral mobility needs to get better because he's good in forwards and backwards, but maybe just in terms of quicker transitions and, and, you know, starting the puck up the ice and, you know, escapability, I want to see him work on that. So if anything, there's a part of me that would almost want to see him, even if it meant playing on a third pairing instead of a second pairing. But if he was yep. doing more of a, the skating legwork, I think I would see that. Cause I think from a development standpoint, that's probably, it's probably a little bit more. Um, yeah. I think that's a little bit more important right now for this tournament. I think if anything, you know, I, I feel I have a, a strange feeling, not strange feeling, but I think Byram and Drysdale are going to get a lot of ice time. So the other defensemen are, well, you know, penalty killing. Uh, yeah. It, well, yeah, he's going to, he's going to be getting top, you know, top minutes killing penalties. So I'll definitely, and, but that's the thing is that we know that he's been selected for his, uh, probably for the fact that he is a little bit safer option. I'm sure team Canada, uh, highly, they covet that. And they also cover, covet his physical abilities, you know, abilities to snuff out chances, close people off because, you know, uh, the other teams aren't slouches either. USA and Sweden and even hell, even t- uh, Russia for that matter. And yeah, I'd, Finland this year to a lesser extent, but they wouldn't have a guy like Lundell. So, yeah, listen, there's still going to be some dangerous players on the ice, even uh, even though I kind of consider Canada not to be a heavy favorite, but they're, they are the favorite in my eyes. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, also too with Schneider, you know, I think it's important for him to like go in and not being a first round draft pick. I always feel like there's a spotlight on you. You know, even watching the game, they do highlight, you know, you know, where players were taken, you know, by what team they were taken. Uh, you know, I think it's important for him not to feel like that he has to go out and absolutely dominate this tournament. You know, just kind of stick to his game. If he's going to be one of those yeah. defensive style players in the well, NHL. Yeah. To kind of work on that because you know that that is really where his bread and butter will be made, you know, at the next level. No, I absolutely agree. And I think that's the the freeing thing about that is that he doesn't have to be he doesn't have to show the same thing that with Bowen Byram or Drysdale, you know, for Anaheim. It's like they're expecting these guys to literally take over games, you know, because they're uh just because their talent level, you know, Byram especially is you know ready to it's ready to kind of kick down the door and, you know, enter the NHL. I would assume he, he will play for Colorado this upcoming season, you know, when, but after the world juniors uh, or at some point, uh, depending on what's going on, you know, with his junior team. But um, yeah, it's like, like you said, the, the expectation for him is just to do what he's always done, mm-hmm. which is why for me, I would almost like to see him buck that a little bit and just I want him to see if we can see a little bit more offense out of him that would make me happy because there's no guarantee it will be available to him at the next level but the more com- you know confidence is everything and if he feels like he can still be yeah if he can use this as an opportunity especially because he hasn't played in so long right uh you know if he can use this as an opportunity to connect those little neurons that say like in this situation yes I traditionally would 
fling the puck up the boards or, you know, whatever, make a bang, try to make a bang pass or hit a guy going up the middle and just start the breakout. And then I'm done. But at the same time, it's like, there's a little ice and I know I can hit this guy here. And then maybe this guy's streaking up on the, on the far side. I can then have that, that passion, that lane will be open to make that pass. So yeah, those type of things. And, you know, he's, he strikes me very much like a true, that he's like a field defenseman that he kind of feels out games as he goes along. And it's not so much. He's like going to dictate from the start. He kind of settles in and then he can exploit when there's gaps there. You know, I don't think he, he doesn't think the game well enough to, to open things up just at will. But at the same time, you, we have seen him score some surprisingly, you know, uh, goals where you, you know, especially see a defenseman like him, you know, bearing it on the net or act, jumping into play or acting or leading the rush sometimes is, is kind of a rare sight. So yeah, why not? Now's, now's the time. You know what I mean? Especially if you, you now know you're like, you don't have to try to do that against uh, a Kako or a Hughes or, you know, so it's, uh, that's what I want to see out of him. All right. Um, do we have any players playing against each other? Like any draft picks playing against each other? I don't know the divisions. I'm trying to actually like look that up right now, but um, oh. you know, I, I do. I oh, for do that, like the, the, the blocks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I forgot to let me pull it up. World Junior blocks. Uh, yeah, I know they yeah, usually separate I, so, the heavies. Yeah, so I, yeah, I don't think because, like, I don't think uh, this. I don't think. Uh, I think the U.S. and Canada are in the same block. Let me see. No, actually, sorry. It makes right, for so great. I, make great. So you tell if you found it, you let us know. Yeah, no, they separated Canada and U.S. So it's right now it's okay. Canada, Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, Germany, Russia, Sweden, United States, Czech Republic, and Austria. So as it stands, the only players that could potentially play against each other would be Brett Berard if he makes U.S.'s, uh, you know, if he if he doesn't get cut from from the U.S. team, would play Carl Henriksen, who is will figure in pretty heavily for the Swedes. As yeah, it stands. I, I mean, I have I have definitely Sweden coming out of that uh, out yeah. of that group group B. So they'll definitely do some sort of crossover. I'd love to see Sweden versus uh, Canada uh, for my own selfish. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think that's as good as transition as any to talk about Brett Burrard. I'm very happy he made, I didn't know if he was going to get selected, but, you know, playing for the U.S. National Development Program last season clearly helped his case. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's probably going to most likely play on the bottom six. But uh, I think, I think of any prospect we have playing in this tournament, I think he has the most to gain, if that makes any sense, because... Yeah. I think right now, you know, whatever, when you're undersized and taking that late in a draft, but at the same time, you have a, there's a lot of low key buzz about your game. People like, Oh, he's like such a good passer. His completion percentages is really high. He's one of, you know, his underlying numbers are amazing. And, uh, he uses teammates well and he's feisty and he's just a guy you want to naturally root for. Yeah. I think he can have a real eye opening this tournament. I don't think he has, I don't think he's going to dominate, but at the same time, I think looking at team USA, you know, that team as it's constructed right now, maybe looks a little bit, they're not, they're not as a, you know, they're probably not as talented overall as team Canada is, but they're no slouches in their own mind. And yeah, I think especially a player like him who uses his teammates so well and is so adaptable to pressure. And yeah, I think having a good transition game is really important to this tournament, especially because at certain points, just because, you know, they're, you know, with these younger teams disciplined sometimes they just kind of become run and gun sometimes just back and forth chances. And I think that's 
uh, definitely plays into his strengths, you know, especially in terms of his uh, passing and transition abilities and his just uh, his decision making. So I think Brett Berard can open a lot of eyes, you know, and factor in heavily. But at the same time, he could also get cut from that final roster. I'm not, you know, uh, if you look over at Sweden, we have Carl Henriksson, who traditionally has played centered for the, uh, you know, those Swedish Terra twins and Holtz and Raymond. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Holtz and Raymond got split up. Uh, I think, uh, you know, there's been talk about that. I, it wouldn't surprise me that they would maybe keep Henriksson playing with Lucas Raymond and Holtz just go, plays on the second line or, you know, hell, even they might even reverse it. But uh, he's a guy whose stock is a little bit lower right now just because he's playing in the SHL or he's trying to, um, you know, and he's got, he's been getting ice time. So the coach clearly trusts him with Frilunda. He's even played with uh, Yol Lundqvist a bit, but on the wing, not at center. So yeah, I think there are people that doubt at his size, whether he can stick at center and whether he can play for the Rangers down the line. So I think this will be a good tournament for him to at least show where he's at, you know, cause he's as a winger right now against, uh, you know, grown pros and grown men in the SHL. It's not really the points aren't coming. And yeah, it's just, he might be a little bit out of his depth a little bit, you know, not maybe not his brain, but just his physical, his, uh, his skating and his, uh, just his ability to, you know, his strength, but against his peers, you should see a good, he, it should be easy for him, easier for him. I should say, um, especially if you put him with a guy like Lucas Raymond, who is after having a, a difficult start to his own SHL season last, uh, year has looked much better this season. Yeah, so I got a question for you, and this might sound really dumb. But yeah, are Krapsoff <laughs> and Miller aged out? Right, they're twenty. They're twenty years old right now, currently. Uh yeah, yeah. Okay, I just yeah. wanted to well, make yeah. So it's the U twenty tournament. Uh, but I think you can. Be no, 20, it's, yeah. Right? So it? you know, I you, you yeah you can. I just think at this point Miller was there last year and he's i think miller's a is a later birthday anyway i just he's like like lafreniere he is most likely has his uh his eyes set on the future uh you know i think for team usa uh they're really going to be looking for jake sanderson to to step up in this tournament you know because he's especially because for how high he went uh and just he was such a a, a rapid riser leading into the draft so i mean he's going to anchor that team uh yeah, I haven't, you know, it's, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where for there's there, you know, even with the circumstance, it's, you see all these teams are reticent to send, even if any player who, you know, Kraftsov is currently in the middle of, he scored again the other day, you know, after a little bit of a cold streak, his yeah. team is one of the tops in their division in the KHL. They're a really good defensive unit. They're going to, they're most likely going to be in the playoffs and it, I don't think he wants to disrupt that. I think the Rangers are very happy with how he's doing. Hence why they'll probably let him finish his season, you know, especially if they have a run to the playoffs where he is getting the most ice time of anyone on his team. And one of the top shot, you know, shots on goal uh, leaders in the entire KHL. Like, I think they're happy with that, especially how the defensive leaps he's taken against pros. I don't think they, yeah, they know he can score. I don't think he's yet another guy who has nothing to gain from going and, you know, Although I do, I think he's aged proper. He is properly aged out of that tournament, I believe. But um, yeah, I just, I, you know, for the few, we don't have as many, I feel like last year we had a lot more prospects that were eligible and we still have those are eligible. But like, like you said, when you have Kako, two of your, your top draft picks are literally just too, you could argue too good for the tournament. That just kind of speaks to where the Rangers are at that we're, we're, we're almost beyond having prospects in the tournament. We're at a point where, 
our prospects have like have been there, done that. And that's, you know, that kind of just shows where the Rangers are at in, in terms of the development curve, in terms of them being contenders. Yeah. And the ones that are there, there's really no pressure on them to absolutely dominate. We're not looking for them to dominate. Obviously, we, we root for them to dominate and yeah. do well and and, uh, you know, uh, make yeah. a case for themselves to, uh, you, you know, be contenders for the yeah, Rangers. Yeah, you could argue a, a kid like Hunter Skinner maybe could have or should have made Team USA. But, you know, he's an American that uh, is an OHL commit. So that kind of hurts his stock because like like Team Canada and, you know, the Team U, Team USA, there's politics with that in terms of oh, who you're yeah, committed to play. So, you know, through no fault of his own or a kid like that. But that, like I said, that just, you know, the Rangers have the fact that we have a presence in this tournament is great, you know, especially considering some of the other teams where. You look and, you know, but I mean, it also at the same time, you look at some of the players that teams that are already good, like Colorado or Carolina have are going to have in this tournament. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And meanwhile, you look at a team like uh, the Islanders, they don't have a lot of a lot of kids playing in this tournament. So, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. it's just, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. I think it shows the way the league is trending and how important it is to, you know, to, for your to have a, a stock pro, prospect pipeline and this is the time i think by the time this tournament's over i think people might look at a Connor mcmichael uh for washington with a little bit more higher esteem even though i think he should readily you know or a bowen byram if he is flat out the best player in this tournament and every time he touches the ice it's he's dominant then yeah his hype going into next season will probably be crazy you know so yeah Yes. And you obviously said that there's, um, you know, scrimmages and stuff going on. Where can, you know, the, our listeners, you know, find those scrimmages leading up to the tournament. So, unless you don't, so I don't know what now with the quarantine, I don't know what's going to happen. No, it's not a source. Team Canada was, was, was putting them on uh, YouTube when they were done. So that's where I was watching them after the fact, you know, and at the Uh time guys would tweet, you know, beat writers would tweet out what's happening. But uh, as far as the tournament itself, uh, yeah, watching it's dice. It's on. They they usually air the games, even exhibition games on the U, uh, the NHL Network. Um, yeah. So if you have the NHL Network, great. If not, uh, I, I don't know. Get you, Google's your friend. You can figure these things out. Not that I'm <laughs> not that I am condoning. Uh, you know. But listen, any yeah, it's a. Uh, you you can figure it out if you if you understand the internet in any sense you'd be able to figure out how to watch these games no matter what yeah, you know, you're Super not illegally streaming uh the super bowl i think you're safe with the world junior championships uh I, yeah i think you'd be right. i think you'd be all right <laughs> and uh yeah and you know it's fun because here are the hockey podcast network uh we love the world juniors uh shane who hosts sends hour and i usually try to put out some content around it where we'll do a, a proper primer so that might actually happen uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, although obviously COVID is in the, the the delay in the start of the NHL season has made things a bit tenuous. But yeah, uh, we'll figure it out. We'll, we should have some. We should have a proper primer, things to look for, favorites, talk about matchups, uh, and uh, yeah, that should be fun. And yeah, we'll let obviously on our official Twitter account at Broadway Boys Pod, as you can see right here. Where is here? Here's right there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be obviously t- we'll be tweeting things out. So yeah, if you're a Rangers fan and you're not you you haven't traditionally watched the World Juniors or you don't count yourself a prospect guy, well, this is the perfect time because there's not you don't have to you're not going to have hockey to watch. You know, unless maybe some things leak out from Rangers training camp or see guys you know trying to sweaten it out a little bit on their Twitter account. And that's it. So yeah, this is great and familiarize yourself with these guys now because a lot of these guys 
uh, are going to be, you know, lining up against uh, Lafreniere and Kako and Mika and Panarin and yeah, in the future, you know, in the future. So uh, yeah, there's a, especially, you know, with uh, hell, just have a rooting interest in something, you know, team USA, like, I, with all the Rangers prospects playing for Team Canada, it, I, I'm 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 gonna you know I'm I'm gonna root for USA always, but at the same time, it's like I hope for a Canada U.S. final and where uh, Team USA pulls out in the gold medal game. But you know, I want to see Canada dummy this tournament. You know, I yeah. do, I really do. Yeah, and and they're in different divisions to start the you know to start the tournament, exactly. so we can still root for Canada and and not feel you know uh, uh, totally like we're abandoning the USA, but um. Yeah, no, it's an exciting tournament and I love watching it and I love hearing, you know, your breakdown because your your in-depth analysis of all these prospects and time you put into it or you, you know, you do, you know, so I don't go to anywhere. I'll ask you a question if I have a question on a prospect. I don't go anywhere online. I ask you because you know what you're talking about, Andy. And I and I could I could listen to you talking about New York Rangers prospects and prospects across the league at that all day long. Yeah. You know, it's, I, a part of me with this term is a little, you know, cause a lot of like, let's say a kid like Owen power, who's, who is a, was at, you know, at some points has been pro- potentially projected to go first overall, uh, neck, you know, in the neck, next the 2021 uh, draft as a defenseman who plays for the, the university of Michigan. Like he wasn't released, uh, to Team Canada, but you know, obviously, he's playing games right now, uh, for right. Michigan, and it's Team Canada is locked up in their hotel room, so it's kind of looking like maybe that was the right choice. Although, <laughs> yeah. I would have liked to see, I would have liked to yeah. have seen him at this tournament. Uh, I do a part of me is upset that we're not getting this, like, you know, uh, you know, Kako and Lafreniere and Hughes and Doc staying the whole tournament and then just being like, you know, like a Godzilla, uh, you know, fighting Gita or whatever, Rodan like type matchups, you know what I mean? But at the same time, uh, this is such a great tournament because you don't have to really, you know, especially with, it's going to suck not having the crowd reaction. Cause you don't just the hype, just look, just watching these games and not knowing anything, you get caught up no matter what, especially whenever it's Canada yeah. versus the USA and just seeing, cause these kids, like some, for some of them, this is the end of the line. Like this might be the highest yeah. they ever get. And when they, score you see the heartbreak you see the 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 joy when they score and like just yeah it's in fact their enthusiasm is infectious because this is like the best times of their lives and you know this they're looking to make their mark and take that next step and yeah even if they don't do anything else they can be heroes people talk you know people talk still talk about uh for for usa they talk about uh troy terry in the shootout a few years ago you know and since then you know Troy terry's an all right prospect but he hasn't done much but at the same time he's gonna be a hero forever people still people probably talk more about jordan eberly's junior career than they probably talk about his you know because him and Tavares hooking up uh in the world junior they still talk about that so yeah for some of these kids this is as good as it's gonna get uh and no offense to jordan eberly isles fans you know pump the brakes relax he's a fine player but um (laughs) But yeah, man, like this is the, the hockey is a little bit immature and all over the place. And it, but it's great. You know, it's like it, sometimes it's wide open and you're like, why are you doing that? And teams are getting dummied. But at the same time, it's like when, you know, the swing, the goal swings are, are, are amazing. Like 
you know, team, I don't know how many comebacks I've seen, like a team will be up by three goals, you know, going into the second period and then going in, you know, they, they're either go to, they ends up going to a shootout because like a team comes alive, scores one in the second and then scores another three and goes up. And then that team that was behind and scores another one and ties it up. And then it goes to, that happens all the time. Like, right. And that's just and that, the beauty of this tournament. And then even, even the games, especially for a gambler like myself, uh, you get to you know watch the games, even the ones that are blowouts, where it's like nine nothing. You really do see the creativity of the the kids that are e- truly elite, just absolutely dominating such a a good level, good you know a, a quality hockey team. They're just dominating them. Uh, that's a little bit fun to <laughs> fun to watch too. I know you know obviously those those games don't happen you know too often, but they do happen, and and those are just fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, also, too, you you made a great point about you know the enthusiasm and the energy level. I'm actually excited to watch these games with no fans because these kids. Have you ever been to like a youth hockey youth hockey uh, tournament uh, in the championship game? Uh, there's barely any fans in the in the building, but yet the energy is still there, and that's what you get. That's what you're gonna get here. You you don't need the fans to have the energy. I know it's a, a really cool aspect of it. But to watch these kids bring their own energy, bring their own life to the building is going to be another fun aspect to watch when watching this tournament. Oh, 100 percent, because, even you know, in the NHL, it's a you act, you know, act like you've been there before is kind of the mantra. So you'll see, even though things have loosened up a little bit recently, but, you know, in (laughs) what I love about the World Juniors is they could be, you know, uh, dummying Latvia. And they go up six nothing off of a nice wrist shot, and the kids like you know like, and like yeah. skating into the corner, and they bangs on the glass, you know. But and that's like you said, they they you're gonna hear them wooing and cheering well, each other on, and you're gonna hear goal them differential saying, you know, matters, boys, you know, you know. Oh yeah, I love that, and like goal yeah. differential matters. So which is why it's fun to watch those you know, uh, you know blowouts because uh, teams are itching to get those goals. Uh, and I brought up the gambling aspect, you know, there are lines for these games and it's pretty interesting to watch, you know, when Canada plays, you know, a team like Austria or something and the, the line is eight goals and it's seven, nothing with four minutes left in the, in the third period. And you're, and you're watching like it's do or die hockey because you threw, you know, 25 bucks on the game for Canada to cover. So <laughs> it, it oh, makes exactly. it, yeah, it makes it a lot of fun and, uh, you know, just, there's nothing you know negative about this tournament. There's nothing that they can even do to make it better. It's just like a perfect hockey tournament. It's got life. It's got energy. It's got you know hope. It's 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 everything. And you get to watch you know the most talented kids. Uh, you know you get to watch the future of hockey play in a week two week uh, tournament. You know it's only seven games, so it feels like it's three months because you know it's just so grueling and and you know the hockey is just awesome. It's just awesome to watch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and as we wrap it up here, just to get people excited, Bauer has, uh, yeah, has supplied some custom skates for uh, the various countries. You'll look at these beauties, huh? Oh my God! Is that like part of the skate, or is it like a sticker? I think it's it's printed on it, or it's part of the wrap that's on the skate, the graphic. Oh my God! Look at these babies. These Jeez. kids are when these kids these kids open up the box and like see these wheels, they're gonna be they're gonna yeah. lose their mind. He's beautiful. I love it. Oh my love it. god, that's awesome. That's there. Yeah. Uh Germany, yes. Yeah. Russia, Czech Republic, so Switzerland. Like so yeah. And hell, you know, even a team like Switzerland, like I want to see Marco Rossi and a bunch of do his best with the with no help, but uh it'll be interesting, man. 
Yeah, I mean, those teams are fun to watch though too. When they only have real yeah. like one real bona fide superstar, uh, yeah. you know, even like Germany watching Stutzel, you can tell he was literally yeah. the best player on his team by a long shot, and he was oh, yeah. so good and, and so listen, dominant. And listen, you'll have Stutzel, you'll have uh, Reichel, you'll have Paterka, mm-hmm. uh, so that line can definitely do damage or if they get split up and right they're yeah, contending and, and, with that line it's it's crazy and that's the best is that you watch you know whether it was the olympics you watch team norway get dummied but there's this little guy named matt zuccarello who whenever he's on the ice is like insane by himself but you know and that's the thing that you you that's where you get glimpses of these guys you're like oh there's a you know there's something here you know and yeah. it's great seeing those seeing that happen so uh i'm excited i love just watching hockey I've had delayed gratification with the NHL season, but I know that because they're going to bubble, I have proof of concept uh, that the, the Alberta bubble will hold. Hopefully no kid does anything stupid and this tournament should be able to go uh, unimpeded. So Christmas day, uh, you know, especially if you can't be with your loved ones for whatever reason, due to this current circumstances, you can at least sit down near Christmas morning, open your presents. And then, you know, at noon, you're going to have like leftovers and watch uh, the world juniors. Oh man. There's no better feeling, you know, no, that world juniors is, is, feels like Christmas to me. So it's a, uh, it's, it's the, uh, yeah, it's a uh, most wonderful time of the year. World junior time. Yeah. Joy to the world junior championships, 2021. Thank you for listening to the Broadway boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway boys pod, and please rate review and subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the hockey podcast You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.